All right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. And we are here this week with uh, something a little bit different. We're doing a little bit different. Listener mail. Listener mail. Yeah. We've ha- we've had opportunities to address some of the questions that we've gotten or some of the comments that we've gotten um, in, in our regular episodes, but there are a few, you know, longer pieces that, that we were sent that, you know, we've been talking about wanting to address them or, or yeah. share them really, not even address them so much as we just wanted to share what other people have said um, because there's some really interesting, uh, cool stuff. Uh, so we've got three pieces in particular tonight that, that we're going to uh, share. Uh, two of them are emails that Dennis will, will read. Um, and then one of them is an audio file that uh, that a listener recorded for us, which uh, is very cool. And, and we've been talking about actually putting that on for, for a while. So we're glad that we get this opportunity to do it because it gives us a chance to do it full and unedited. Because before we kind of were like, oh, maybe we'll have to trim it a little bit or, or whatnot. But sure. we wanted to be able to do the full thing. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. So before we jump into that, a little personal updates. We talked about a little bit of this off mic. Sam, how are you doing? Yeah, Give us the COVID update. I'll tell you what, it's been a roller coaster ride. Uh, I, you know, at first I was feeling fine. Um, as I'd mentioned on our last episode, I did that, that sort of crossover episode show and tell thing with the quantum leap podcast, uh, on the Saturday after I found out that I was positive and I felt fine. You know, I, I like at that point I had like some muscle aches, but that was it. Um, and continued to feel pretty much okay for like m- most of uh, Sunday and Monday I started to feel really tired. Uh, and then Tuesday and Wednesday were pretty awful. Um, things started to kind of like seem to be getting a little bit better on Thursday, Friday. I was feeling really good. Uh, yesterday I was really tired and now today I feel, I just kind of feel like garbage again. Um, it's really weird. And part of me, (laughs) part of me wonders, (laughs) I didn't take a nap today. (laughs) And, and, and that's, and and that's been the thing is like, generally I'll get really, really tired. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if I get a nap in, I'll wake up and I'll feel a little bit better. But today it's been more than that. It's just, it's been all sorts of stuff. Just, just feeling kind of like I have a, a, a bad head cold. So yeah, that I don't sucks. know. I and I got know. I got to tell you, COVID aside, once you get past forty, then <laughs> the afternoon nap is essential. <laughs> uh, and to give a little a, a little update on me, and take uh, to give you a break, so you're not talking as much. Uh, speaking of sleep, uh, about a little over a month ago, I got on a CPAP machine, so I've been adjusting to that. Oh wow, yeah, I can imagine. And the interesting thing is, is that it, it's been rough going, like getting used to like wearing the apparatus and actually like the, the air that they blow, that the machine blows at me. It's pretty high because I, I was having like a lot of uh, what they call events mm-hmm. of me stopping breathing in the middle of the night. So the, so the airflow that comes in is pretty high. So getting used to that, but even with the rough sleep and getting used to that, the sleep I am getting is better than the sleep I was getting before. Sure, sure. And it's like even when I lay down to take a nap in the middle of, in the middle of the afternoon, I will wear the thing and I will wake up from my afternoon naps a lot more refreshed. Nice. Than what I did. Yeah. Before. Uh I mean I look like a weird Darth Vader 
weird kind of thing. Sure. Uh, or no, I, I saw a TikTok the other day, uh, another guy on a CPAP machine, he kind of did like, hey, after seeing the Top Gun movie, he put on his apparatus, <laughs> put on the sunglasses, you know, you can put a positive spin on it right like that uh so even more awkward uh, you know i'm wearing the apparatus but uh, i'm a huge mouth breather mm. in my sleep so part of my thing is i also separately i got myself like a, this elastic chin strap thing that i put on first that keeps my mouth shut and then i put this on and i'm just look yeah this is see. This is the type of quality content that our listeners have truly been. That's what they for. want. That's what they want. As, as one email that we were going to read here, actually, right? right. Uh, actually, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my that's my update. Yeah. Um, and like I said, to give Sam a little bit more of a break, the emails that I read, uh, the, the emails that we are going to read tonight, they are on the longer side. Uh, I'm going to read the two to kind of give Sam a little bit of a a little bit of a break here. Uh, but sure before that, talk a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah jump in. Um, so before that, uh, housekeeping, find us on the web, fateswidewheel.com on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Fates Wide Wheel. And I am a horrible host. I got to pull up our, uh, let me pull up our, uh, our patrons. You know what? While you do that, um, I'll take a moment to just uh, throw out some quick stuff because we don't have a lot of news uh, about the Revival series to talk about. Um, but there are a couple of neat things that the cast members are up to right now uh, that I think people will probably be aware of, but just in case you're not. Um, the number one movie in the world right now is Top Gun Maverick. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it yet. I'm very excited about it. When I started to hear the rumblings that it was getting like really good reviews and that it was a really good movie kind of got excited because you know much like you i uh, you know tom cruise is whatever you know i growing up i was a huge fan of his right like i loved his movies whether it was color of money cocktail top gun days of thunder rain man you know what i mean like born on the fourth of july i was a big fan of his jerry Maguire. Uh, and you know, and, and then there got to be a point where it was just like, he was just a little too much and the movies were kind of, eh, they were fine. You know, um, was it Magnolia? Was Magnolia when he got to be too much? No, you know, I actually liked him in Magnolia cause it was so different. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was just so different than anything he'd really done before. That's well, I think that's just a great film anyway, but, okay. but no, I, right. but that was, that was definitely around the period where he started to like, yeah. Although even at that point I was a big fan. Cause I remember I was so jazzed about like mission impossible Two when it came out, my sister was working at a movie theater and she got uh, okay. me like, she brought me home. Like she would bring home trailers, like the, the film reels of the trailers. And, and mm. that was one of the trailers she brought home for me. And she got me in to see it like opening night and everything. But anyway, um, very excited to actually finally see it when I get the opportunity to, you know, I was hoping to do it my birthday weekend, but COVID decided to pay me a visit. instead. Yeah. Uh, however, um, as our listeners may or may not know, Raymond Lee is in the film. Um, he plays a character with the call sign Yale and, um, he's been posting a lot of pictures, uh, and short videos on his Instagram, kind of behind the scenes stuff that, you know, that they were taking while they were shooting. Uh, a lot of it's very funny, um, just shows his sense of humor and, and the camaraderie of the cast. Uh, mm-hmm. seems like that they were, you know, they got pretty tight knit during the filming, which is cool. Um, and then of course, red carpet stuff, things from, you know, um, <clears throat> the premieres, um, um, so it's it's been really cool to see, uh, you know, that, that he was already kind of ascending, if you will, even before he got Quantum Leap and to know that that, you know, he's already been characterized as having this breakout performance in Quantum Leap. It's just really cool to to know that there's other quality work out there that people can see right now if they want to. Um, 
And there are obviously a couple of other TV shows that we've mentioned that he's that he's been involved with uh, as well. And then Mason Alexander Park, uh, they have been sharing a lot of stuff on their Instagram because uh, Sandman is getting ready to premiere on uh, Netflix. Um, and I'm super excited about it. It, it. You know, it's an adaptation that I think some people are, you know, w- w- we talk about how protective certain fandoms are of pieces. And, you know, and certainly there's been a lot to say about Quantum Leap and the revival and people have feelings. And we'll get into that a little bit later with some of our, our, our listener mail, but uh, the Sandman is certainly a property that a lot of people are, you know, feel pretty protective of as well. Uh, but me, I'm, I'm just excited and thrilled to see a, a live action adaptation. You know, I've, I've loved the the comics for, for a long time and um, it was probably the first kind of like adult comic that I ever read. Not, you know, not adult, but um, you, you know, sure. certainly something for a mature audience as opposed to just being, you know, Superman or Batman. Not, not that those can't be, but um so they've been very excited about um, the, the 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 show, and I believe this week is is like Geek Week or Geek End or something like that that Netflix does, and one of the panels will be about the Sandman, and they're going to announce the premiere date because the premiere date, I guess, has not yet been announced officially. Um, mm-hmm. So that they're they're excited about doing that, and um, and I'm excited to you know to see. Mason in the show um, yeah. and, and see their work because all I've really seen of them thus far has just been you know, like snippets of, um, uh, of Hedwig that I know that they posted at one point cause they were doing sure. uh, that, that show. So uh, you know, it's always really cool to, to see the work that, that people are doing outside uh, of the show. And in, in, in this case, before the show, I know um, you and I have talked about this before, I think even on the podcast, but like it was so cool always to see what Scott was doing, besides quantum leap, you know, and, sure. and following his career after quantum leap, you know, was something that, that, that I enjoyed and some, some mm-hmm. of the guest stars, you know, kind of the same thing. So, um, yeah, just thought people yeah. might be interested in that. So check out their Instagram. Instagram's hot right now. It's got a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. You know what, you know what else Mason is excited about on Instagram? What's that? Our mug. That's right. Our t-shirt actually. Our t-shirt. Yeah. yeah t-shirt. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forget. Yeah. Cause you put up a t-shirt, but like you can be generated as any different things and they posted the, the t-shirt, but I always think of it as, as the mug because that's the thing that I want, right, uh, right. you know, to, to get off the thing. But anyway, so yeah, they posted it on their Instagram story and Matt Dale was actually the one who uh, brought our attention to it in our little thread that we're going on on Facebook. And I, I was visiting with my friends actually this weekend and I got that. I was like, Oh, holy, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. That's really uh, cool. Cause yeah. I was going to start as we got closer to the premiere, I was going to start tagging them in pictures. And I, when I say them, I mean the entire cast right. of, the, of the new series. I was going to start tagging them in that. Uh, and the fact that Mason found it on their own. I'm like, right. hey, hey, that's awesome. That cool. was pretty cool. I'll, yeah, I'll drop a link in the thing. Uh, we'll have some more stuff added on. Uh, what we have right now is just basic stuff that I could figure out with me. It's just text and with like me, like no designer skills. Once uh, Betsy is able to get into a position where she can add a little stuff, we'll have a little bit more stuff on our, uh, we'll have a little more stuff on our thing. Uh, speaking of quantum leap merchandise, this is a little bit of a tangent I wasn't planning. So apparently our Facebook group and all the other Facebook groups on Facebook right now are getting spammed with a bunch of quantum leap merchandise. Yeah. And the first couple of times I read it, I was like, oh, that's just a group member like sharing a thing. Okay, that T-shirt's kind of corny. I'd never buy it for myself, but okay, all right. Uh, but no, apparently, like, we're getting 
we're, we're getting spammed with yeah. some things. Yeah. Uh, I would, yeah, like I said, like like the thirty three years. Thanks for the memories or whatever it says. Like if it was if it was me, like I'd be saying like you know thanks for the Swiss cheese memory or something like yeah. We'd be right. doing something goofy with it, not uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I I see it so often, though. And the funny thing is, I see it a lot on Reddit and and on some of the subreddits. People will, you know, will post like, take a look at my T-shirt that I got today. And I'm always surprised at the number of people that like that bite on it. And you'll see in the comments, like before somebody points it out that it's like, this is totally just like, this is not a real person. That's not a real T-shirt they're wearing. That's literally just like you know, a graphic that they've thrown on a black t-shirt of somebody wearing a shirt, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, but how many people will like bite on it and be like, wow, that's really cool. Where can I get it or whatever? And it's just sort of like, I guess it works, you know, I guess that that's why they do it, you know, but most of the designs are just awful, mm-hmm. terrible. And sometimes are basically like copyright infringement. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, sure. that's intellectual yeah. property. Like, like some stuff you can get away with, obviously like a, a group of names on a t-shirt. That's fine, yes. right? But yeah. in, in this mm-hmm. case, they were using like, you know, actual like copyrighted images and things like that. It's just sort of like you the logo and that. everything. <laughs> yeah, so. we we say that as we have like <laughs> copyrighted stuff on our podcast art. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, we need to whatever. Uh, yeah. So before you jump in, um, uh, let's read off our our patrons uh, that we do. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for keeping us financially afloat. Uh, Dana Bias, Audrey Ashley, Christopher Redman, Rich Bork, Karen Saxon, Amy Holtkamp, and Jill Wilson. Thank you all Thank so much. You all. Thank you so much. And we read it at the top and not at the end because we tend to get long-winded. And, you know, we know you probably drift off by the time we, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. drift off to the side of the road. Just drift off and, you know, right. you know what I mean. And you know what, as always, I'll throw this out here now instead of at the end of the show, but we really, really appreciate anyone who is, you know, sending us anything at all. Uh, it's kind of amazing to me that, that you know, that we have support beyond just listeners, um, and I really appreciate it. And if you happen to have a little extra money and you would like to throw it our way, I would say, hey, first of all, make sure you're supporting your community and donating to larger charities. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, people that need help out there, and I would love to see <clears throat> that money go there. Uh, you know, if after you've done that and, you know, after you've supported all the the things that are important to you and you still want to throw something our way then yes by all means uh we will we will accept it and and we will certainly put it to good use and do everything we can to make this a better uh podcast um we were even discussing off mic beforehand uh some really cool uh programs that would help us to do some neat stuff editing wise uh we've, we've talked about uh new mics um we've talked about uh you know all sorts of uh, kind of innovations if you will for the podcast yes, uh yeah. which would you know i think uh um, not only be cool for us to be able to have the ability to do some of these things, but hopefully would, you know, enrich the experience for, for the listeners in the community at large, which we would love to be able to do. So thank you so much for your support. It means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to jump into these? Let's do it, sir. All right. So this first one comes from Nikki Sudin, and I apologize if I am mispronouncing your last name. Uh, and this is a, a longer email and, and and honestly some of this first paragraph i'm going to cut out because it is so uh it, it's it, it's so complimentary <laughs> of us i will fill up my own ass <laughs> reading it like full of my full of myself you know what totally. i mean yeah. uh so i'm just going to take the gist of the first paragraph 
And then I'm going to dive into reading it. And then it's a, it's a little bit of like why she enjoys our format so much. And then uh, she, um, she, she, he, they, I am not, I'm not sure. Um, uh, Nikki, I'm not sure. Nikki, I'm just going to say they to be safe. How about that? Um, then they go into a, uh, an explanation of why they think it was the right thing for Tess to end up with Wayne. Yeah. At the end of how the test was won, because this was sent to us right after uh, we we did our revisited episode of how the test was won. So here we, here we go. Uh, so so first off, Nikki just says in the first paragraph um, uh, appreciates that we uh, you know um, we are genuine and fair for criticism um, of the show because you know we realize that you can criticize the things that you love. And that just means that that you love them more uh, and encouraging us to not listen to the critics, uh, which sometimes we get on Twitter more in our Apple podcast reviews. Uh, we've gotten a lot of <laughs> a lot of our one star reviews in Apple podcasts are simply because we criticize the show when, yeah. when we feel it deserves or, or, or too woke or whatever or to, yeah, or, or any of that <laughs> right now. By the way, uh, tangent here, if you're watching our, our video format here. So Sam is on blur in his background and i think your cats are in the background and because you're on blur there's just like this little ghostly entity like <laughs> like back in the corner that pops up sometime anyway <laughs> um so anyway as for uh the rest of mickey's email my very favorite thing about the podcast it deserves its own paragraph because it just might be the most important i love that the show is hosted by quote two tired dads my own dad is the one who first introduced me to Quantum Leap completely by accident, stumbling onto a rerun of The Color of Truth and knowing I'd like it. And when I think Quantum Leap, my mind goes right to watching reruns after school while my dad dozed on the couch. Bates Wide Wheel is absolutely made better by being a family podcast. Every tangent, surprise visitor, and background noise reminds me of what is really at the heart of Quantum Leap. I'd be reaching for the phone to call my dad if I didn't already talk to him most days. And I can't thank you enough. I find that really touching. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I, you know, with uh, our very lo-fi way of doing things, I do, uh, I don't know, feel guilty. If that's not the right word. I feel like we should do better sometimes. It's nice to know that we scratch a very particular itch. Yeah. And in, in the way in the way that we do things, you know, I think that one of the things that's happened over these past couple of years uh, that that has been a little bit normalized, and I think it's a good thing, is the fact that you know there are people that were having very important business meetings, and a kid would walk into the room and you know, "Mommy, I need this," mm -hmm. or "Daddy, I need this," and the amazing thing that seemed to happen in most instances that I was made aware of or witnessed because it would happen to Jessica sometimes. Uh, is how understanding everyone was mm -hmm. about yeah. how it wasn't treated like it was an interruption or a nuisance, or you had just done something bad that was going to, you know, cost you some demerits at work or something like that. But that people were, you know, just genuinely sort of like, yep, you know, that's, that's what happens when, when we're at home. Yeah. And I think knowing that we're not in a studio recording this, you know, we're not uh, in soundproof rooms by any stretch of the imagination that, that, mm -hmm. you know, that I don't have a door uh, on my particular location uh, of recording and that, and that your door I'm sure is not locked. So, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes yeah. the kids might wander in and, you know, sometimes you might hear, the kids or, or whatnot. And, um, 
I, I agree with Nikki. You know, one of the things uh, that about Quantum Leap, we talked a lot about it actually last time around, um, that's so central to the show is the idea of, of family. And most times that's represented by the relationship between Sam and Al, but obviously we get a lot of opportunities to, um, you know, visit Sam's family, literally in, in Leap Home, but but mm-hmm. also metaphorically with the way that he talks about them and Tom in particular, um, you know, or, or his dad. I mean, we, we basically see, although the first time it's not played by Scott Bakula, we see his dad on three separate occasions, um, mm-hmm. you know, throughout the course of the show. So I think family is, is a central tenet to it. And I, I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is that both you and I were exposed to Quantum Leap initially because of our dads. You know, yours in a little bit more of a a random fashion, but mine in in kind of a very directed fashion of like, you you know, you got to watch the show. I think you'll like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was before it ever premiered. Like he just he just saw like the ad for it in TV Guide and he was like, you know, I'll bet I'll bet he'll like this. So, yeah, yeah, I I, I think that it it is it, it is important and what it represents to us and, you know, the 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 things that Sam went through and in particular with the leap home being kind of a touchstone for, for people that have lost uh, a parent or, or both parents it's, you know, um, or, or haven't even lost someone, but, but have a very close relationship with them. I think it's, um, it, it hits you in the feels. You know? It does. Yeah. And uh, I think I mentioned it before. I don't know if I've mentioned it since we've started doing the, the revisited series, but color of truth was my first quantum leap episode yeah. halfway through. It was, it was, it was a summer rerun. So yeah, that jumped out at me, uh, jumped out at me too. Yeah. And didn't yeah. your, your, right, your, let's your mom also though, uh, real quick, I, I love this story and it's a, a, kind of on the same track. You haven't really had the opportunity to mention since we started doing the revisited episodes. Um, but I love the story about how your mom used to like tape the episodes for you. She would. So not during the original run, but when USA started rerunning them, uh, when I realized that they were coming back around, they were going to start again with the pilot episode. Um, this just happened to happen, happened to happen. Yeah, I'm going to stay <laughs> with that. Um, my school system was on strike. This was my freshman year in high school. And we were on strike for two months. We were out of school for two months. And so I started recording them. Um, Not only did I pause the recording on the commercials to cut the commercials out, but I I edited the videotapes in such a way so that you only got the introduction to the show at the start of every VHS tape. After that, it was one continuous leap. At the end of every episode, the next day, I would start recording at the middle of the leap in and out. So that means we also lost like the little edited leap outs that you would get at the end of every episode. Yeah. So you would get, you know, it would, like I said, every VHS tape was just one long extended episode. That's awesome. And then school restarted. My mom, who at the time she was, uh, she went back to, to work like later in life, but at the time she was a stay at home mom. So my mom, I taught her what to do and she took that over for me and she did the rest of the series for me doing that that's the best that's love yeah yeah that's That's love love right there i love that (sighs) you know and i love that um you know we've we've heard many stories from listeners um maybe even a listener we had a bit of a falling out with which is unfortunate all things considered because i thought that we had you know 
but that's besides the point. But there are a lot of <laughs> listeners out there that have, that have shared some really wonderful, touching stories about how the show has yeah. connected them to mm-hmm. a family member, and in particular, parents. We've heard a lot of stories about you know watching the show with a father or a mother, uh, you know, and, and the way that, that 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 helped to kind of connect them. Um, and it, it and it makes sense in a lot of ways that Quantum Leap would be the type of show that you would watch with a family member. Oh yeah, you know. Um, uh-huh. And 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 would have a little bit more value, perhaps, than some of the other shows that I know family members have have watched together. Like, sure. you know, I, I, some of the shows that I know I watched with my family as a kid, like Murder She Wrote or Matlock or something like that. Like, they're fine, but they mm-hmm. weren't going to necessarily embed themselves in the way that Quantum Leap did. And so, I think that it's the type of show that <clears throat> you know for family members would have definitely been um, appointment viewing. You know, meaningful Absolutely. viewing too. Absolutely sure. Uh, and to give a little tangent, touch on the thing that, that that Sam just said. If you don't follow us on Twitter, we had basically long story short is we have a listener who at one point he apparently he was a fan of our podcast for a while, but we did something and now it's turned into this thing of where he doesn't follow us anymore, but he tweets at us constantly trying to pick a fight at a pick a fight with us. And it's this weird, like he hates us, but he hates us in the way Julia Stiles hates Heath Ledger in 10 Things I Hate About You. <laughs> it's this weird, it's this really messed up thing. And it's like, all right, if you, if, if you, if you're looking for an enemy, fine, we'll be your Huckleberry, but whatever. Hi, Chris, in case you're listening. Anyway, yeah. all right. So let's uh, jump back into Nikki's email, much more positive here. Um, so I said, please forgive the length of this email. Uh, this might be a can of worms, but I can tell you three things. One, why Tess decided to marry Wayne over Doc. Two, there was a lead up to Wayne's revelation because we had said in our revisited episode that we didn't think that there was. Um, and three, as far as anyone can extrapolate beyond the end of the episode, Tess made the right choice. Sam Beckett was pretty much my first crush, fictional, <laughs> smissional, whatever. Uh, but how the test was won is not his best moment as a romantic hero. If Wayne hadn't come into the scene, Tess would have agreed to marry Doc. And she still might have if Wayne had only spoken in the formal way that he had begun. Tess was an experienced rancher, but in terms of personal relationships, she was credibly naive and could have easily been taken in by the sweet things that Sam slash Doc was saying. Things that are really easy for not so nice guys to mimic. It was sweet and Tess might have not have ever realized that Doc as a partner wasn't really what she wanted without a comparison. Tess habitually kept people at arm's length. She didn't lay her cards on the table until the end when she asked Doc to dance and told him that the ranch was too important for her to give up for anyone. And again, she, uh, when she accused Wayne of being interested in the ranch rather than her, the key difference between Doc and Wayne came into play with their reactions to the mention of the ranch. Sam slash Doc suggests that they run the ranch as a team. And in 1956, that might seem uh, like as close to what Tess actually wanted that she was likely to get. And she would have agreed if Wayne hadn't provided such a contrast. He tells her that she can keep the ranch. He just wants her with more conviction than we've heard from him using any of the rest of the episode. And that, when I read the email, that's the thing that rolled me over. That yeah. sentence right there. It's like, yep, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. That's here. the, that's, that's the linchpin right there. Um, Tess's habit of keeping uh, people at arm's length might be why she never noticed either Doc's fascination with her or Wayne's feelings for her. It's subtle and perhaps not noticeable on the first viewing of the episode, but evidence of Wayne's feelings builds up to the episode. 
We see Wayne look up with interest when Tess says his name, um, gives Sam bogus advice about roping, asks Tess if she really wants to marry Doc, puts, uh, alcohol on, uh, pushes alcohol on Sam during the card game, um, all the things that unfolded during the, during the course of the episode. Um, there's one more reason that Tess picked Wayne. He couldn't dance. <laughs> Tess was completely adrift in that scene. She was uncomfortable wearing a dress with admitting weakness and with being the one at a disadvantage in a situation. Uh, this might be the part where Wayne being conventionally attractive comes into play. He's the rough, tough, no-nonsense uh, taciturn, taciturn? Yeah. Taciturn. Cow- yeah, taciturn cowboy. He can handle wild horses, rope calves with submission, deal with the ugly side of farm work, negotiate livestock deals, hold his liquor, and do all of it and anything else while making it look easy. And at that point, he seems too perfect to be real, but a small flaw, but a small flaw grounds Tess in the situation and gives her back her footing. Uh, it's not obvious that Tess made the right decision in the end. In fact, she most likely would have had a good life with Doc and very likely wouldn't have noticed anything missing. The choice was in the comparison. The execution of the idea was a little wobbly and it could have been stronger. Uh, it could have gone a long way towards bolstering a fairly mediocre episode. It'll be a relief when season two allows the show to become what it really is and there's fewer instances of the elements missing their marks by that much. I, I think yeah, I completely agree with, with what Nikki says at the, at the end of the email. Uh, I also just want to thank them for the insight because I think it mm-hmm. is a very, very insightful treatment of that relationship you know, over the course of the episode. And one of the things that I think I love most about this letter is that it really added to the dialogue that, you know, we already share. I mean, as hard as we try to, you know, to dig in and with the guests that we used to have on the show and everything, as hard as we would try to dig into these episodes and pull them apart and figure out, you know, what makes them work or not work. um, There's always more, right? And that's one of the wonderful things about this particular email is, is that, it, it taught it taught me um, something about the episode and and gave me a new perspective mm. on on something that I initially wasn't sold on and didn't like too much and and I agree the two things that really sold me um, and made me again. I love the fact that Nikki still says it's kind of a mediocre episode because it's the, the wonderful thing is, is it's not like, it's not like they're trying to tell us like, no, this is a great episode and here's why instead it's like, mm. Hey, you said this and this is why I don't agree. And I really love that. And I love the fact that it's kind of like, you know, we can, we can kind of have this thing that we don't really necessarily get in the same way. And by, by using those two examples of, you know, him saying, keep the ranch. I don't care about the ranch. All I want is you. And the fact that he can't dance, which I just love. I love the idea that like, Oh God, that makes sense. Right? Like, yeah, Tess is really uncomfortable. She doesn't want to dance. She doesn't want to wear a Mm. dress. You know, it's like Sam is doing all of these sort of like normal, normalized romantic things, you know, uh, that, that, that we all kind of think of as being like the norm. But really, like, aren't they just, you know, the patriarchy? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like wear a dress, dance, I'll lead. You know what I mean? Like, like 
I, I'm, sure. not, I'm not trying to be little. Like plenty of people. That's no, no, no. That's no, no, no. We're about to get another. We're, we're about to get another one star review on our <laughs> podcast for for just even saying the patriarchy. Right. Anyway, but like, but but no, I I think that it's just really uh, it's hit my mic. How's that for being you know low rent? But anyway, uh, I, I do. I think that that's it was really lovely and uh, I, I gave me new perspective um, and is something that. I hope we can continue to do um, as we get, you know, more and more listener mail. It's like if there's something that that I'm sure we're going to, to get wrong, it's nice to kind mm-hmm. of have that kind of opportunity to examine it from a different point of view and say like, oh, wow, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. And I really like that. I really actually sure. like that. It doesn't necessarily mean the episode's great, but it means that that's something like, that works. Yeah. And the thing, like, as you mentioned, that thing I'm excited about is – with the new series coming out and we're assuming that they're it's going to take place you know between like the 1980s and present day yeah what's going to be different is that we're going to be talking about historical events that we're not just like looking back from you know before our childhood we're going to be looking back at events now so like we're going to be talking about you know historical events that are very much more in the present we're going to be talking about political things that are very much more in the present now right and i'm sure as we talk about that we're going to get some things wrong or we're going to say some things in like kind of a sloppy way doing it on the fly. Um, so it'll be interesting to have those conversations too with like listeners writing it. Like we encourage that to say, Hey, you know, this is maybe a perspective you're not thinking of. Right. So absolutely. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we're, you know, we're limited by our own perspective, right. As, as two cisgendered white dudes, you know what I mean? Two like, problematic like, white guys. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that, I think that, um, that it'll be really great, and I encourage listeners to yeah to to share their their points of view because um, I, I I would love not only for us to have the opportunity to learn, but also for other listeners that that might you know that might just be nodding along to everything that we're saying, which is great. Thanks for agreeing with us. But you know the opportunity to kind of like yeah. get other other you know voices in the room is something that's exciting to me, especially when it comes to being about quantum leap. And like you said, yeah. with the new series, so many of our listeners, ourselves included, are going to to be able to have a, a you know kind of like firsthand knowledge of some of these events like oh yeah i remember that like even for the first episode i remember that earthquake i remember watching that live on tv because i was watching the world series i was watching mm-hmm. the world series so it's like i i have very vivid memories of footage of the earthquake yep. as it was happening um so it'll be really interesting to to kind of have those experiences and be able to talk about the show in that respect because I feel like there are a lot of uh, viewers of the show that that are you know either watching it now with us you know or, or that were watching it when they were younger might not necessarily have those same memories of the fifties and the sixties where a lot of episodes took place for for the classic show. Yeah, so I am. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Yeah. There we go. Okay, I was just looking this up here real quick. Uh, anyway, so this next email comes from. Carol Davis, she just started listening to us more recently. Uh, more importantly, if her name sounds familiar, she is the author of two of the Quantum Leap novels, Obsessions and Mirror's Edge. And Mirror's Edge was the final novel. Um, and it's, yeah, one I, I very deeply enjoyed. If, uh, the story itself, and also uh, I won't spoil it, even though it came out like over 20 years ago. Um, the way the novel ends, it puts a nice butt. Um, it kind of like melds the, the, the TV leaps and the book leaps together. Um, we really should have Carol on the show sometime. We really should. So we're really bad at reaching out for interviews. Um, we are, 
Yeah, <laughs> we hope to get we hope to get better. We, we yeah. contact has been made with a couple of piece, people recently, or will be made yeah. in the future. So we'll yeah. see. What so happens. yeah, we got to. Uh, so anyway, so this is an email from Carol, and so uh, this is two topics. One, it, it's talking a little bit about the end of Kamikaze Kid because she sent this to us like right after we released the Kamikaze Kid episode, and the other one. Oh God, I love this email. Thank you, Carol. Uh, it makes the argument of like, calm down. This is why you're going to see Scott Bakula in the series, right? And I'll just I'll just let the rest of her letter speak for itself. And then uh, other stuff at the end, like she's giving us some suggestions for stuff to do as we get closer to the series, and, and that like that that's just shop talk, and we'll talk about that. Often. Right? Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. yeah. Have I forwarded you this email? Have you got any preview of this? I don't know if I all? have actually. No. All right. Excellent. Here we go. Um, um, Talking about Kamikaze Kid, Sam would have been 42 at the time of Kamikaze Kid, born in August of 1953, and the first sleep was in 1995. I don't think I have an issue with his kissing a 16-year-old girl since he thought it was going to be just a peck on the lips, but I'm glad he leaped out when Jill dove in for more. As for Scott, the actor, there's an interview with the actress where she says she told them she was 18 when she auditioned, but then when they busted her, she claimed she was 14 and uh, emancipated from her parents. And as we talked about in the episode, she was literally 12 years old. She claimed Scott was sweet and wonderful, but I can't imagine he wasn't at least a little weirded out. On the other hand, as someone who was basically just an employee there, um, if the director and the producer said, do this, I guess there's not much he could have done about it. And all my years of Quantum Leap fandom, I've never heard him address it. Now, for my big thoughts of the week regarding the new series, uh, I'll preface this by saying I don't know anything. I have no sources, but my brain works triple over time sometimes. <laughs> the driving force behind the revived project is finding out what happened to Sam Beckett and that, quote, Dr. Sam Beckett, cough, she puts in parentheticals, uh, misspelled, never returned home is a thorn the size of a harpoon in all of our sides. So speaking as a writer myself, it would be absolutely completely dumbass to set up a story with that goal without a way to at least eventually accomplish that goal. As a spinoff from that, if the new showrunners are devoted fans of the original, they have to understand that basically Scott Bakula is Quantum Leap. The new show will film in Los Angeles where Scott lives. Unbroken, which is the, the new series that... Uh, that they are filming the pilot for and broken has been delayed for reasons unexplained. Even if they were on schedule, Scott plays the patriarch of an ensemble cast, which seems somewhat like Tom Selleck's role on blue buds, blue bloods, excuse me. So I would guess he'd only be needed for that show a couple days a week. And both QL and unbroken are NBC universal productions. Sean Cassidy, the creator and showrunner of unbroken is a sweet, thoughtful guy who both deeply understands and totally supports fandom. I figure the network suits, while they may be crazy and self-involved and buried in internal showbiz politics, are not stupid. I'm sure they've heard the clamoring around social media demanding that Scott slash Sam come back. I figure that they also understand that if Sam doesn't show up in the aired version of the pilot for at least a glimpse, a lot of the fans who will tune in with fingers tightly crossed hoping to see Sam will desert the show in droves. Deborah Pratt is deeply involved. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know Deborah of everyone involved in the show other than Scott. She's the beating heart of Quantum Leap and always has been. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Um, yes, I think she will write some of the scripts. And I think that even if Scott was reluctant to participate, and that astonishes me, she'd be able to talk him into it. 
There were some last minute reshoots on the pilot to include Sam now that the series has been greenlit. And we'll leave it at that. So here's the thing. Um, this is a tricky situation, quite frankly. Uh, as, as most of our listeners know, um, we've read the pilot script. Um, that's about as far as our inside knowledge goes. Um, there are certain things that we can extrapolate from that. There are certain thoughts that Carol expresses within this message, which are thoughts that Dennis and I have had independently uh, of, of reading this message. Yeah, uh, I, I, and, I, and I should, I, I do want to add in here. Uh, she goes on for one more paragraph, but I thought she was transitioning to the other thing, but reading on. I won't read the entire paragraph, uh, but the last sentence is, is the key. It's the linchpin. You don't build a story based around what happened to Sam Beckett. And then not find Sam Beckett. Yeah. And see, here's anyway, the thing. Yeah. So, so, so here's, yeah, here's the two big things that I wanted to say. And, and one of them relates directly to that is one that like, um, I've had a theory about the reshoots. I shared it with Dennis a while back. Yep. I think we're kind of in agreement that that's probably likely. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's important. It's important to establish that, we have never said, neither one of us on this podcast has ever said that the show doesn't need Scott or, or, or you know, we don't care or, or whatever. We've always kind of tiptoed around it a little bit because I feel like we're in a type of position that if we sit here and we talk about it too much, people are going to think that we know something. And maybe we do, maybe we don't. But I don't want to necessarily... I don't, I don't want, it's the big elephant in the room and it's the elephant in the room that I don't necessarily want to address too much because we addressed it, you know, a couple of months back and we kind of told you where we stood and how we felt about it. And I think Carol does a lovely job of kind of reaffirming some of those thoughts uh, in the email. And with the new information that we have, because Ernie Hudson in his, you know, red carpet interview specifically said that magic got this project out of the mothballs because he wanted to find Sam because he wanted some answers for what happened. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, just like Carol said, if, if you've got one of your lead actors standing out there on the red carpet saying that fact, it, yeah, pretty much like you don't, you don't say that in this day and age in particular, when things are so closely monitored, when actors who give interviews have to be so careful about what they say, not to give things away, when you've got like, you know, the, the, I mean, just look at the way the MCU is run. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, 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 they, they make fun of it, but like Tom Holland uh, for the last Spider-Man movie, like didn't even get the full script because he'd spoiled things of the past. We we're like, sorry, Tom, you can't have the whole script because you've yeah. spoiled things of the past and we don't want that to happen again. You know what I mean? Like that's how careful they are. Um, so again, the, the 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 publicist denying things, the you know the, the nothing actually being put out there, whatever it means nothing as far as Scott's involvement or non involvement with the show. You know, I hope that he's in it. I think that he's going to be in it. I, I I think that people won't have to wait too long to see him. I I, I I think I'll just leave it at that before I say anything that I shouldn't say, unless I already have, in which case, whatever. But no, I think Carol's right on the money, and and I think again that it's stuff that you and I have talked about. Um, for a while now, as far as, you know, how they're going to handle things. Um, but, but I think the other thing that's important to note though, and this is something that I, that, that we have talked about before as well, is that the show doesn't need to live and breathe 
on Sam Beckett and Scott Bakula. You have this new cast, you have this new story, you have a lot of really great stuff that's set up in this pilot script that is separate from Sam's story. You know what I mean? Like, there is stuff Mm -hmm. about Sam in the script, like, pretty much from, you know, from Jump Street. You know what I mean? Like, it's right there. Mm. But, like, but the story goes beyond that. And I think that that's the important thing to remember as a fan of the show, that, you know, if if we see Scott, I don't anticipate... We're not going to see him every week. And I don't think we need to see him every week. And in a way, I don't think we should see him every week because mm-hmm. I do think that it's going to be special when he's there. This is not a show about Sam Beckett. This is a show about, you know, about... Ben and 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 Addison and and Magic and Ian and 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 other characters that we've yet to meet um that are important and yeah. in the script, you know. Absolutely. My you know, my thought is is that I love like all signs indicate Scott Bakula and Sam are going to be involved in this. But even if they just did a straight up reboot. Right. My thoughts on it are just the premise of the series itself is inherently brilliant and lends itself to so many great stories. If you get the right team behind it, you get the right writers behind it, just taking the premise on its own, it is going to be a phenomenal show. Right. And look, sorry, go ahead. No, that's about it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, it doesn't take a, a genius to uh, to look back and see that a little over a year ago this time, Deborah Pratt was talking about how, you know, conversations were were, were going to happen, but we, you know, we needed to hear from the fans in order to really get things going. Flash forward, you know, six months or so after that, and you've got Scott Bakula and Bob Saget, rest his soul, uh, <laughs> you know, his podcast talking about how there are active conversations going on about bringing Quantum Leap back. And, you know, and then just to flash forward a few months after that, and what do we get? We get confirmation that there's a script, it's been approved, they're going to shoot a pilot, it's going to happen. And then like, you know, and then like 40 days later, what are they doing? They're shooting that pilot. And then like 60 days after that, what's happening? It's getting picked up for a series. Like you look at the timeline of events over the past year or so, a little over a year, it's pretty clear that, as Carol put it, the two beating hearts of this show have, even before we knew that this was going to happen, we're talking about it. And I think that sure. that says a lot. And Deborah Pratt was on set. We know she's an executive producer. We know that there's every likelihood that she's going to have some sort of handle in writing something at some point. Like, it sure. would be silly for her not to, right? And maybe she'll be the voice mm-hmm. of something. We don't know. I, you know, I have no idea. Um, so I just think that there's no doubt that Lillian and Winbrandt are massive fans of the original show that they really, really want to please, you know, people in a way that I think that's the other thing that's, that's kind of mind boggling to me. The people that work on these shows know what's happening right now in entertainment and what's popular. And you don't need Mm -hmm. to go any further than something like Obi-Wan Kenobi to understand what people are attracted to right now. They want good stories. They want new stories that kind of push the envelope, but they want all those pieces of nostalgia that make them feel good. And with Quantum Leap, that means that, you know, 
He's got to say, oh boy, at some point. That means that there's got to be some sort of hologram, you know, gag or, 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 or you know, funny stuff mm-hmm. going on. That means that there's got to be a lot of heart, that there's got to be some sort of like, you know, internal conflict with this character. There's got to be some sort of family hang up. There's got to be some sort of, uh, you know, thing that's driving him to step into that accelerator in the first place. You know, we, we know like the building blocks of the show and the building blocks of the show also include, of course... Sam Beckett. And from the get-go, Sam has been involved already. We know that this is Sam's project. We know that Magic is somebody that Sam leapt into. We know, you know, Magic was looking for Sam. We know that Sam's still lost in time. So, again, you know, I can't say what's going to happen, but if it's something that you're still concerning yourself over, if it's something that you're, like, hinging on whether or not you're going to watch the show... I think at this point, and I hate to say this because it's incredibly judgmental and I'd rather try to be curious and not judgmental, you're being a little childish. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I, I I I have thoughts that I want to that I want to sit with and I want to figure out a way to to say them mindfully. I have thoughts about the people who are so with their heels dug in about Scott Bakula needing to be there and even Dean Stockwell needing to be there, even though that's impossible at this point. I have some thoughts. I want to express them a little bit more mindfully, but yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well said. You're doing pretty good for someone who's struggling with COVID today. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think that one of the things too that I would, that I would add to that to maybe make up for the childish remark is that mm-hmm. it's, it is understandable because as we've talked about before on this very episode, the show holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts mm-hmm. and minds. And it's very hard to let go of the things that were important to you for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I think if you look back at other, you know, shows that carried on as successors and the big one, of course, being Star Trek, the next generation, there were so many people that were so upset about so many things that were happening on that show. If you go back Mm -hmm. to like 86 and 87, like people were like, if there was an internet in 86 and 87, the stuff that we would be able to read about that people were posting and talking about with Star Trek, the next generation would blow your mind. Like it oh, was, God. I mean, people were being pretty savage about it, right? Sure. So, so, so speaking of, if you, if you get on Twitter, you may have seen this before. Speaking of that, uh, I don't think it's just one account does it. It's just like this ongoing thing that Star Trek fans do on Twitter is that they will write a tweet as if they were writing it in 1989. That's awesome. You know, 1989 Star Trek Twitter. And then they will just rip apart an element of like, either next generation or, you know, like one of the Star Trek movies or something, you know, whatever you get the idea and they'll rip it apart the way Twitter fandom would rip it apart today as if it were just coming out. So, yeah. 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 And and so I, I think that, um, that, that, that we've had enough good examples, you know, and we've had Mm -hmm. some bad examples too, no doubt. But I, I, I think that, nostalgia is a hell of a drug and 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 i think that once you start getting so wrapped up in that aspect and you're not going to give a fair shake to something new then you know then it's great that you have your blu-rays you know it's great that you have your your streaming or whatever because you can have that but i just think it's a little unfair to judge something that you haven't seen that you don't know anything about 
and you're judging it solely for the lack of an actor. Or like you said, in some case, two actors, one of whom is dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. 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 You know, and I just, I, I, I just think that, you know, again, for, for the fandom as a whole, like it just, it starts to become kind of, it churns this sort of toxic wave up and it, and it, and it gets hard, you know, it's like, I, there've been so many times when I've just been turned off of conversations and, and like some of the Facebook groups, mm-hmm. like I was a member of a couple of the Facebook groups and, and, and I just muted them because I was like, I don't even, I don't want to engage with this. I just don't want to engage with it because I keep hearing the same things over and over and over and over again. And it, what it really does is it just makes me kind of feel sorry in a way, because it's like, you could miss out on something really great. And it could, look, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe it won't be great. I think based off of what I already know, it's going to be pretty good. And and I'm more than willing to give it even more than a fair shake. But I, I you know. feel like at worst, it may have a great first season and then flame out. Right. Like if, like if the showrunners, if they go off to do other things or they take on other projects and they thin themselves out, worst case scenario, it flames out after the first couple seasons. But I if think, it gives room to breathe, it's going to have a good first couple seasons. I think, I think that this is like, I'll say this right off the bat, having only read the pilot. And I mean this wholeheartedly, this thing has a, a, a shot at being the best network television show on the air when it airs. I cannot think of many other network TV shows that are as good as what I got out of the pilot. Not saying the pilot's perfect, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but as far as like what they did with it and the possibilities that exist, I feel absolutely confident saying it could be the best thing on network television when it airs. And And I think we've said this before and you said it, this pilot is better than the original quantum leap pilot. Just from reading the script. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so we should dive into uh, our, our last letter from the week. And this one uh, is actually an MP3. And this is from David, I'm sorry, Damon. And forgive me again if I butcher your last name. Sugamelli. Damon Sugamelli. Uh, he actually sent us an MP3 uh, of his thing. And he posted this in the Facebook group uh, a while back. Um, and, and actually I encouraged him to record an MP3 of it to share on the, uh, yeah, he put like March 12th. So it's yeah, been it's about, it's like about almost, three months. Uh, yeah, almost we, we three months at this point. Yeah, we, we first yeah. mentioned it, I think a while back and a, a while ago, find so, a, a good opportunity. And yeah, the so nice thing is, is I feel like it dovetails statement. nicely with what we were just talking about. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, there, there are a couple of things in here. Like we may, we may word differently and put it a different way, but like overall the, like, like, like the tone and the sentiment of, of Damon's essay here, we, you know, we, we pretty much agree with, and he was nice enough to record it as an MP3 force. Uh, it's about five to six minutes long. So we're just gonna, uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna do our wrap up here, but we're just gonna drop uh, Damon's MP3 in here right now. Hope you enjoy. To the uninitiated and or casual TV fans, Quantum Leap may just seem like an old cult classic sci-fi series or just another in a series of endless Hollywood reboots that have taken over the industry in the past decade. But Quantum Leap is so much more than that to me. This is a series that has helped define my adult life. It's a story about one man who made a difference in the lives of everyday people, who wasn't afraid to question and challenge the injustices of the world, no matter how uncomfortable it might have made him or others around him feel. He quite literally was there to put right what once went wrong in the lives of total strangers and give them a second chance to effect real change that would not be possible 
under the normal circumstances of that particular era in history. The underlying arc of Scott Bakula's character Sam Beckett may have been that he was trapped in the past, leaping back and forth within the confines of his own lifetime hoping to someday get home, but the true heart and message of the show was about finding the courage to do what's right, to make the world a better place by touching lives that would in turn touch other lives. It was a show that opened my eyes to both the ugliness and beauty that humanity was, and still is, capable of. It was a show about standing up for what you believe and know in your heart is right and not backing down. How just one person could make a difference if they truly wanted to, even when it may seem as if the entire world is against them. Plus, on a personal note, this series changed my life in ways I never thought it would. I began writing fan fiction stories, and the positive feedback I received from that gave me newfound confidence in my writing skills and creativity, and it allowed me to embrace those qualities that used to, and sometimes still do, make me feel like an awkward outsider, even among my closest family and friends. And it blossomed the relationship between my now wife, Amada, and myself through our mutual love of the show. We got married on Leap Day 2016, and now have a wonderful, perfect son together. There are, of course, other factors in that equation, but I do honestly feel like Ciro owes his very existence, at least in part, to the show that brought his parents together a decade ago, and nearly 20 years after it ended on top of that. And so, if this new series can tell the same type of thought-provoking stories that remind us of things we might normally take for granted, if it has the potential to bring people together in similar ways and show us what's possible if we just keep an open mind, then I think it's something this world truly needs right now. So there are a lot of naysayers and negativity of fans out there right now who are looking at this cast and have already been quick to judge and crucify this reboot before it's even begun. Self-proclaimed Quantum Leap fans in various groups who for the past few weeks have been saying things like, well, it's too woke and PC for me, a hard pass, or it won't make it past the first season, or if Scott Bakula's not in it, I'm not watching. So all I can say in response to that is if you were a true fan of the original series, you would know that it was extremely woke, politically correct, and progressive for its time. At its best, Quantum Leap covered a numerous array of sensitive and controversial issues that are still prevalent in our society today. Issues like sexual harassment, civil rights, interracial relationships, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, mental illness and disability, rape and the often victim shaming that comes with it, the alienation of being gay, etc., etc. There were even two episodes that were banned in some areas of the country because they specifically dealt with homosexuality. It was a series that asked a lot of hard questions, and in many ways, it opened my eyes as a young adult. Or at the very least, it tried to deal with those issues the best way that a show from the early 90s could. It made me confront my own imperfections and insecurities and strive to become a better person. In short, Sam Beckett was my hero, albeit a fictional one. And while there would never be another hero truly like him, I think this is as good a time as any to attempt to introduce a new kind of hero. One that can take on the current issues we face head-on and confront them through the eyes of someone living in today's world with a more modern 21st century sensibility. Someone that honors what came before 
and can bring those same lessons to a new generation. And this new pilot, as presented, is offering a somewhat unique opportunity. If you apply that opportunity to the real world, the original series offered my generation a glimpse at what the previous generation lived through during the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and the hardships that came with it. And now the roles are reversed. We're the ones who live through the history that will be presented to the younger generation, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 10s, and they will get to experience what it's been like for us and the hardships we've endured. And if you take the opportunity and apply that to the actual storyline and mythology, the original series mostly showed one side of a leap through Sam's and in turn Al's eyes. And we would very rarely get an idea of what it would be like for the other person when they returned to their life. Sam often infused a 90s-style sensibility into the culture of the time period he leaped into, and then he moved on. So by showing more time at the project in present day, we'd also get the opportunity to see problems through the eyes of the person that the new leaper, Ben, has switched places with. They can look at the future around them and see firsthand how normal it could be for people of different backgrounds and orientations to work together towards a common goal, and they can bring those lessons back with them when they return to effect more change after Ben leaves. We'll no longer see just one side of a leap where history has changed for the better. We can get a better glimpse of how that change might continue after Ben moves on to his next assignment. The original series had just barely begun touching on that during its final season. So for all of these reasons and more, I'm looking forward to this new iteration much more than anything else out there. We need to give this a chance because if it doesn't work out, I highly doubt we're going to get another chance. This is a great time to be a Quantum Leap fan, and I'm excited to be along for the ride with the family I now have. Thank you, Damon. Thank you so much um, for, for taking the time to not only to write that, but then to record that and send that to us. Um, and I think that it's really is a wonderful kind of summation of a lot of what we've been talking about uh, on this episode, you know, the themes of family, the importance of the show to so many people, the idea that the show, you know, has the freedom to change and evolve, especially considering that it's 30 years later, um, that uh, the expectations, um, you know, I think of, of some uh, fans of the original series, um, you know, they, they might be a little unrealistic and, um, it's important to kind of just keep in mind where we are and maybe have a little faith in, in, in the people working on this creatively. And if the show comes out and you loathe it, then by all means, you know, that that's, that's okay. Like that, but, but to be, I think so judgmental of it before you've even seen it and don't understand, you know, how these pieces might fit together. Um, I don't know. I'd rather, I guess, I, I guess for me personally, I'd rather just be a little optimistic about it, you know? Um, oh, I'm a lot optimistic about it. I know, me I'll too. <laughs> me too. But, uh, yeah. but thank you so much uh, to Nikki, to Carol, to Damon. That was very kind of you uh, to, to share your thoughts. Um, and, uh, and very brave of you too, to, you know, to send it in there knowing that we were going to put these on the air, so to speak. Um, if you want to share your thoughts uh, with us, either uh, type them up or, of course, you can record uh, an MP3 or um, an audio file on, on your iPhone and send it in. Um, how can they do that, Dennis? Send it to us at fates wide wheel podcast at gmail.com. 
it may take us a couple of days to respond because again, we are two tired dads, but, uh, but yes, we will definitely uh, respond and we'll read it on the air. If like I said, if you want to record an MP3, feel free to record an MP3 and send it to us that way. Uh, as we get closer to the premiere, we'll find a way to actually like hook this into our website where you just like hit a button on the web and just record an MP3 and yeah. send it to us. Uh, if you like, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, right. and it, you know, it doesn't have to be long. I mean, like if, if, if it's just a, a quick question, if it's a few random comments, whatever, that's fine. If you want to, if you have the time and, and you want to send us something, you know, lengthier, then that's great yeah. as well. Obviously, you know, it gives us a lot of opportunity to talk about, uh, have a dialogue about. So, uh, we appreciate it either way, either way. We'll, we'll certainly do our best to answer any questions that you might have. Um, yeah. you know, even if they're personal questions, not too personal, but you know, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I I'm an overshare. Have you listened to this? I podcast? know, right? Anyway, anyway, <laughs> uh, this I mean, this is the first time I've talked on in any form publicly about my CPAP machine. So I mean, so we, we've had we've had vis, uh, vasectomies. We've had I mean, I, I haven't had one not yet, but uh, but we've had conversations yeah. about vasectomies. We've had conversations about CPAPs. We've had conversations about you know vomiting. Like, there's all sorts of things. That, that, yeah, 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 yeah. So we are we know. are a family podcast, as Nikki said. That's right. <laughs> yes. Um, and what was it? Oh, uh, and final wrap up, uh, as we go here, yeah, again, find us all over Fates Wide Wheel, uh, interact with us there. Leave us a, re- uh, leave us a review on Apple podcast. If you aren't so inclined, that really helps us out a lot. Thank you recently. Uh, I think Carol left us one and Karen Saxon, she left us one recently and, and everyone else who has left us a review, uh, that, 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 that helps push us out to the algorithm for, for other fine folks to find us, uh, which is really great as people get closer to the podcast. And I cannot remember if we've actually mentioned this in a previous episode, but our plan, and I can't believe we're doing this as two tired dads, our plan when the series launches is one, uh, if not every week, but regularly host like live watch parties where you can like tune in and watch along with us. And then we're going to be up late, but I think it, it's, it's our plan to immediately launch in record our episode uh, and drop it on Tuesday. Yeah. So, so you you know, and honestly, it may end up being one of those things where we have like a quick reaction episode that, that we, record I was thinking we the same thing. Yeah. Tuesday morning. And then maybe we'll do a lengthier one that we drop like, you know, on Saturdays or something like that. A few one, Yeah. Um, you know, that might go a little bit longer and a little bit more yeah. in depth. I mean, because I'm saying, like, as we were talking about, like, the historical context of each episode, we'll probably want to revisit episodes later on and, like, actually be able to talk more intelligently about the historical context of whatever. Because I'm sure, like, we'll be able to get a little bit of a preview of what the episode is about, but. Right, but some of the specifics, you never know. Some of the, yeah, absolutely, sure. But anyway, so that's what we have in store for you uh, for the fall. Ah, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I know, you just said that, and it snapped me out of my COVID fog for a second. And it's like, oh my God, it's <laughs> happening. It's, it's, it's coming, man. Like four more months, it's, it's going to yeah. fly by. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to continue, of course, our revisited project. And next week, we'll be talking about Honeymoon Express, um, which I'm really looking forward to. It, it, it's one of my favorite episodes. I was recently on the Discord, the Quantum Leap Discord server, and uh, somebody mentioned that you know they have a friend that they really wanted to show Quantum Leap to, but she was kind of a little unsure and she was like what episode should i show them and i you know i kind of just rattled off like 10 or 12 episodes and i was like but truth be told if you want to give them an episode to just start with that feels like the show already kind of knows what it is and it's not you're not starting with a two-hour pilot episode just start with honeymoon express 
Yeah. Just hit Honeymoon Express up. I think that that it's a, you know, it's a really good episode stands well on its own, but it also does a lot to help to introduce and reintroduce the series. So I'm looking yeah. forward to talking about it again because I know we had a lot of great things to say about it last time around. I love some of the things that it does with Sam's character. I love what it does with with Sam and, and um, Al's relationship, but um, mm-hmm. good stuff. There's good stuff to talk about. So we'll, we'll begin to that one next week. Um, and we'll just kind of continue the revisited. Um, I don't know exactly when the Quantum Leap podcast show and tell is going up, uh, but keep your eyes peeled for that. I believe that'll be over on uh, their their YouTube. I don't know if Wait. it's going to be audio because obviously it's show and tell. So um, sure. maybe they'll only put it up on their, their YouTube page. Uh, but I don't believe it's up just yet. Um, I know Albie was going to be editing that, so uh, I'm not sure if, 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 that's, if that's finished yet. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I encourage you, obviously, to, to check them out. Um, yeah. There's also, of course, uh, The Waiting Room, Starbright Project. Uh, check everybody out. You know, let's, They're all let's, coming out, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the fandom is, is really rolling. And as Dennis said, uh, make sure you, you know, leave us that review if you are so inclined because it does help a lot um it's 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 wonderful that uh, when this podcast first began if you like searched quantum leap uh on on apple podcasts like you wouldn't even see us and now you, you know we're either the first one that comes up or the second one that comes up it's either us or the quantum yeah. leap podcast so it's really cool to yeah. be able to you know to be one of the first things you see if, if you're searching for it and, and and it'll help our visibility and again hopefully the more listeners we have the more we can do the more things that you know we can we can bring you um and i'm really looking forward to that especially with with what's coming in the fall and uh, hopefully we'll have a couple of cool announcements maybe some guests in the next few weeks or something we'll see yeah looking forward to it i'm optimistic i'm optimistic <laughs> on that note let's leap out of here yeah let's do leap, it let's, uh, leap responsibly you stole my out. line yes yeah. yeah, sorry it's sorry fine. it's fine <laughs> yeah uh, go ahead say it say it, uh, say it. Uh, i'll say this first take care of yourselves yeah. take care of one another stay safe out there and leap responsibly all right have a good week everyone Bye-bye.